Good afternoon, everyone. Thanks for joining us for today's installment of NACTA's virtual programming series. We hope you've been enjoying the menu of virtual offerings over the past few months and are finding them to be beneficial to your professional growth during these challenging times. Our staff has produced 140 hours of educational programming so far this year and had an access of 22,000 members participate all of this since May 14th. So we've been a little busy here in uh, Westlake, Ohio. We'll continue offering virtual programming in a bi-weekly format this year as we work to keep the membership apprised of the latest topics in the industry and provide avenues for focused discussion. Each month, we'll provide at least one webinar geared toward a topic of interest to you, the membership, and another geared specifically toward a topic associated with NACTA's newest initiatives, social justice in college athletics. We welcome any thoughts and suggestions you may have on future topics. So please feel free to send any information, any suggestions to membership at NACTA.com with your feedback and we'll consider, review and get back to you with a response. As we can all continue to navigate this ambiguous landscape, it's more important than ever that the attention be given to all aspects of the student athlete experience mental as well as physical. Today's session titled Navigating Current Adversities, the student athlete perspective will give insight into how student athletes across the country at all divisions may be handling current situations and overcoming the adversity that they've encountered as a result of the pandemic. Today, we're excited to have recently named NACTA third VP, Kim Record, Director of Athletics at University of North Carolina Greensboro with us as well as three standout student athletes and NCAA SAC representatives to discuss this subject. Bryn Carlson, women's volleyball, Kansas State University. Angel Bautista Ponce, men's track and field, Colorado Mesa University. And Abigail Newkirk, women's soccer, Bluffton University. Thank you all for taking time to be with us. Before we begin, I just want to remind you that uh, you, you can provide questions in the chat box in your Zoom page. Just uh, pose your questions, send it off, and uh, Dana Leroy, uh, one of our staff people, will be able to uh, read those questions back at the end of the sessions, and we'll be, be able to have some great uh, give and take conversation on that. So thank you again for joining us. And Kim, let's get started with today's conversation. Okay, thank you, Bob, very much. Um, as Bob said, there's been a ton of virtual programming. I am so fortunate uh, to be able to uh, facilitate a conversation uh, with those individuals that we serve and uh, that's our, our student athletes. So I'd like to just start and let's start with you, Abigail. Just tell us a little bit about yourself and perhaps the very first thing you thought when you heard about this pandemic or what was going on? What did you think at that point? Yeah, so like um, I was introduced, I'm a women's soccer player at Bluffton University. Um, I am our campus SAC president. I also am the division three um, SAC representative for the HCAC and the NCAC. Um, but my first thought when um, updates about this pandemic started to um, come about. I was more or less not really scared, but 
more nervous because I didn't know to what severity it would reach. Um, and then I was actually um, at school at the time and I actually work for our baseball program. Um, I am the office assistant for um, the baseball coach and all of my um, roommates, well, most of them um, are all on the softball team. So that was when we were in the process of deciding whether or not to continue with spring sports or to go ahead and cancel those. So I was kind of in the middle of those tough conversations as well, trying to be a good support um, person for them, um, but also trying to be professional in like my staff roles. Um, but I, kind of was the first person that saw my friends um, cry when they lost their um, softball season. And I was at the practice when um, coach told the, the baseball boys that, hey, we aren't, we aren't gonna play anymore. We're gonna have to leave campus. Um, and just to kind of see those, those tears and those emotions was, was really heart-wrenching to say the least. Um, so then throughout the summer, I was just kind of hoping for the best. I was hoping for a lot of scientific improvements and um, just like, yes, I'm ready for my senior year. Um, this is going to be great. Everything's going to be back to normal. Um, and then as the summer kept progressing, it just kind of severity level just kept increasing. And, um, you know, conversations with National SAC and different things um, just kind of kind of hit my heart a little bit too, because um, as we know, we just kind of canceled fall seasons. So with that being said, I'm hoping that I get a senior season in the spring. Um, if not, I just got to kind of take it like everyone else did, but it's definitely something that hits very close to home, especially for student athletes, um, especially for senior student athletes this is kind of some of our last and, you know, last or something you really look forward to. And when it just kind of gets taken away, it just really hurts. <laughs> but thank you. thank you. Angel, won't you go next? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for this opportunity. <clears throat> so my name is Angel Bautista Ponce. I'm a thrower at Collar Mesa University. I'm an incoming senior. I am the D2 SAC representative for the RMAC, the Rocky Mountain Athletic Conference, and I also sit on the Diversity and Inclusion Committee for D2 SAC. Um, furthermore, I'm also the student body vice president for CMU, and when the pandemic first hit, I was actually at track practice with a couple of my teammates, and we were all practicing talking about what the outdoor season was going to look like because we just finished our indoor season. And we were talking about high aspirations, goals, what we want to do as a track team, as a, as a throws program, as a program at CMU. And it was really interesting because there was a lot of seniors with us in that group, in, the, in that center core that we had. And we were, they were talking about wanting to qualify for nationals, wanting to place top three at, for conference and being able to break new PRs, set new records, break the CMU's throws records. And we were, we were training and everything to and when we first heard that things were going to go down south and things were going to get canceled, we were in the weight room as well. And the strength and conditioning coach came to us and said, hey, guys, this very well may be your last lifting session here for a while because we just got news that as of tomorrow that all sports and athletics need to be canceled due to this pandemic. And when it first hit me, I was just sitting there 
in the in the weight room with a couple of the seniors and we sat there and thinking look this really sucks there's no other way to put it but we just have to hope and pray that we get a season back and be able to really go forward and be able to put our best foot forward be optimistic knowing that just because this season's over doesn't mean that next season is necessarily over either but as the summer progressed and as we got updates through D2SAC from the RMAC from athletic directors all over the all over the nation and it's just consistently things got harder to go through and harder to to really be able to internalize it and realize that some people may not have a season this year and it's unfortunate to hear that because you have people playing for numerous very and various types of reasons playing for their family playing for scholarships playing for aspirations to go to the to the professional level and it's just heart heartbreaking to see that something that we have worked for so hard for the past 10 years of how long are we how long we've been playing our sport just to see it vanish and be, just be taken away from us so it's been difficult to see all those seniors be, go out without having any last say or any last chance to leave everything on the field like the coaches tell us because they didn't have the opportunity but at this point in time the only thing we can do is control what we can control we can control our attitude gratitude and mindset but outside of that there's not much else we can really do and it's just heart rate heartbreaking and it sucks but that's the that's the, the stance we're in right now just gotta do what we can thank you um bren um what about you you're getting ready to start your masters um uh, hoping to go into the fall uh where are you with with all of this yeah um hi everyone thank you for having me super excited to be here my name is bren carlson i'll be a redshirt junior at the k-state volleyball team um i serve as rsac president at kansas state um, and I also serve as the Big 12's representative to Division I SAC. Um, in addition to that, I serve on the Committee on Academics as the D1 SAC representative. Um, so I, as Kim said, I am working towards my master's. I graduated in May with degrees in nutrition and kinesiology, as well as nutrition and health. And um, I'm going to be going forward with my dietetics master's degree in the next um, couple of years. So very excited about that. Um, a little bit different story for me as a fall sport athlete, I was enjoying the spring break that we do get to have. Um, and we got our spring break extended by a week when um, COVID-19 first hit. And so actually was kind of excited about it. Um, it was nice to have an extra week of time at home with my family and can't complain about having an extra week off. So um, initially it was kind of fun and I thought it would just be a quick thing that kind of passed over um, similar to other viruses that have happened uh, in the past. But clearly, as we all know, it uh, took a hard turn for the worse and um, I ended up staying home for most of the spring semester. So definitely a big change and transition. Um, of course, not as difficult for me because I was just losing a spring training season instead of um, an actual full competition season. But um, I think that we are starting to see some light at the end of the tunnel, especially um, in my conference. Actually, today is our report date for um, volleyball. And so after I get off this webinar, I'm heading over to the start of our preseason meetings and we're going to start practice tomorrow um, as we prepare for our 
season of course it's not going to look the exact same as um it has in the past and it's going to be very different but i am very hopeful for the opportunity and um the chance to continue to play in a fall season although it may be different um i'm very excited for the the future and being able to get back um to competition with my teammates well thank you for those opening comments and I think we can have a great dialogue uh, because a lot of what you all have said, um, I know I've heard uh, our, my student athletes say that and then my colleagues at the, as athletic administrators, we certainly worry um, about uh, student athletes uh, are concerned, whether that be uh, mental health um, when you are, uh, your sport is a lot of what you do. Um, can you talk a little bit about as you uh, communicated with your teammates over the summer or with your coaches, um, and particularly as it relates to academics, uh, having to go from in-person classes to hybrid or online, um, has that been difficult um, for some students more than others? Uh, did you, in your conversations, um, uh, talk about that piece of it, the academics, um, and then the concern moving into a new semester. Yeah, um, I can start off with that one. I think that it definitely was a concern. I can even say personally that um, I prefer an in-person learning environment. I like being able to go to a lecture and kind of have that structure. So it definitely was a bit of a challenge and a transition um, to be back at home in my high school bedroom, um, locking the door and making sure my siblings didn't come in to bother me while I was trying to uh, watch lecture or take tests. but. It definitely was a transition process, it was definitely helped a lot by our academic advisors and counselors. They did a great job of transitioning quickly to allowing people to do online tutoring um, and being available through Zoom uh, like we are today. And so I think that the resources that were available were super, super helpful to student athletes um, in that regard. And as far as going into the fall, it's definitely something that we're still thinking about. I mean, as an institution, and I think as well as a conference and a um, division one SAC is what is the best decision for student athletes as far as in person versus online. Um, I know that my institution is um, still having online and in-person classes. And so that's a choice that each student athlete is working through, um, potentially thinking about trying to take as much online class as they can just to mitigate risk. Um, but also knowing kind of what's best for you as far as if you learn well in an online environment, kind of taking those experiences that um, we had during the spring and during summer courses and then making informed decisions based on um, how those experiences were for you when you um, choose and decide your classes in the fall. Abigail, any, um, any um, concerns expressed by your, your teammates or members of SAC about the change in um, learning environments? Yeah, so when we switched to online in the spring, um, I think it kind of shows character um, on a team too. Um, a lot of my teammates in our group chats, you know, you were talking about group me earlier, um, group me and, you know, social media, we have a Snapchat group for our, um, just our teammates and stuff. And a lot of them were, you know, 
guys, how am I supposed to pass this online? Or how am I, how am I supposed to um, just, how am I supposed to ask my professor questions and stuff like that? Like, um, I definitely agree with Bryn. Like, I am a speech pathology major and I definitely prefer in-person lectures. It's a lot easier to ask questions face-to-face than have to wait on an email. Um, because let's face it, not all professors are the best at, you know, emailing back right away, or they have lives too, outside of being a professor, it's hard for them to, to email back right away. Um, but you know, our teammates, I, every single time someone was down on themselves, um, with, oh my gosh, I just bombed my first online test. Well, that's okay. You can do better next time. Like, the encouragement that came from my teammates um, was just like phenomenal. It was, it was something that I think made our team a little bit stronger um, in the academic sense. And a lot of us were like, Hey, if you need, you know, we had, if I was a junior and some freshman was struggling with a freshman level course that I had taken, Hey, text me. I'll help you. Let's FaceTime. We'll figure it out together, that type of stuff. I think technology allows us to to have those kinds of interactions now. So that's a little bit easier. Um, I struggled myself um, going online in the spring. I was finishing neuroscience. um, That was extremely hard to do online. Um, You know, we had no physical model of the brain like I did in the classroom. So that was hard. But I definitely think my institution is kind of the same as Bryn's. We are going back in person. Um, We are not doing online just simply because we are very small and our class sizes usually aren't over, you know, 20, 25. So we're able to kind of socially distance in the classroom. Um, You know, masks are going to be required, that type of stuff. So I think that my institution is going to be a little bit easier to transition back into learning um, in the fall, but um, I definitely think we might face some more challenges. Um, So, yeah. Okay. Um, Talking about protocols and coming back and things being different. Um, Angel, is there anything, I think you said you were back on campus. Um, what have been uh, those things that are most different for you in terms of protocols? One of the things that's kind of weird coming back to campus is that what Carla Mesa University is doing, there's going to be temperature stations all over campus. So if you want to enter an academic building or go into the, the math center or the UC center, they're going to have a station where you can check, check your symptoms, check your temperatures, upon going before going into that building so I think that's going to be one of the most culture shifting things we'll have on campus because it's I would imagine there's going to be a a long line just just against your academic building for your ADM class so that's something that's going to be kind of interesting to see how it's going to be another thing that's going to be interesting as well as 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 everyone had already mentioned is wearing masks and having six feet apart in each in each classroom and it's going to be difficult because if you have those massive freshman courses with 60 plus students in there how are you supposed to do that in the lecture hall you're going to have a lot of more students go online classes and it's going to be difficult because those freshmen who are coming in especially 
those student athletes who are looking for uh, consistency and, and a schedule that has some stability to it, it's going to be interesting to see how they handle it. Because I, when I was a freshman, I had a rigorous schedule, knowing I had to be here at this time, class at 10, practice at 12, lunch right afterwards. And it's with when freshmen come in and they have all that flexibility and freedom, it's a little concerning to see how they're going to handle it because it's the first time on their own, first time where they can really control their own schedule. And it's going, going to be a different world for them than it was when we were freshmen. So that's another thing that I'm looking forward to do the best I can on my campus. And as for our Mac SAC as well, being able to be the best support system for those freshmen coming in because they're going to see an entire different education system that we ever have because everything's online, everything's going to be hybrid. And it's ultimately going to come down to mentorship and being able to pass down what we know and allow them to prepare them to be for them to be as successful as they can be. So Bren, um, similar question uh, for you. Um, is part of your protocol, are you being tested um, uh, for COVID um, prior to your return? Um, what other protocols does your department have in place? Yeah, we have some pretty rigorous protocols that are being put in place. Um, I was tested after a 14 day quarantine period when I first returned in um, June. So I was tested in July and then starting um, this week will be tested every week for the remainder of the season um, prior to competition. Um, so yes, that testing protocol is in place um, in order just to ensure safety. Of course, as Angel mentioned, masks everywhere all the time. We have a mandatory mask requirement on campus and then we're lifting in our masks, we're practicing in our masks, we walk around everywhere in our masks. They're definitely our best friend, um, the new thing that we have to carry around with us all the time. Um, we do a daily symptoms check as well as a daily temperature check that we have to go through every single day before we're allowed to enter into an athletic facility. And of course, there's been a lot of emphasis on if you don't feel well, if you have any symptoms, you need to say something. Now is not the time to tough it out through an illness. Um, it's just a very different world. I think that um, in the past, if you were sick, unless you were on your deathbed, you were going to practice and you were going to make it work. Push um, through, push through. Yes, push through. push through. And that is not the case anymore at all. So um, I think our athletic trainers and our medical staff here at K-State's been doing a great job of putting together protocols that are going to keep us safe. Um, and yeah, it's a little inconvenient. I'm not going to lie. I hate working out in a mask. Sometimes it's hard to breathe, but um, that's what we have to do right now. If if we want to have a chance at having a season, it's definitely worth the um, inconvenience and it's it's worth the, um, the difficulty that it's brought because I think that we've seen the success of, um, of staying socially distant when we can, of wearing the mask when all the time. Um, and then as well as just kind of staying in um, little pods of people. So staying with just your roommates and not really expanding your social circle or um, your contact list past some people that a few people that you have been around. So kind of just trying to limit the amount of people that um, you see on a day-to-day -day basis. So between all of those things, we're um, doing our best to make sure that um, we're going to protect our ability to have a season this year. Um. Abigail, can you talk a little bit about um, 
um, or all three of you, have there been any real concerns expressed by your teammates or other other student athletes in your department or in Division One SAC about uh, coming back um, with uh, COVID still being such a significant presence? Obviously, every state is different, but um, do you think because students generally you're 18 to 25 years old and um, uh, is there a healthy fear or is it more this isn't going to happen to us if we do these three things um, what kinds of things are you hearing from teammates and other student athletes yeah I think I think it could be described as a healthy fear. Um, on Division Three SAC, I don't think there's like really large concerns because a lot of our institutions are fairly small. I mean, not some of them are a little bit larger than others, but um, one, I remember one comment from one of my peers on Division Three SAC um, when they were, when this pandemic was first being discussed, he was like, um, they asked us the question, you know, would students or student athletes be willing to be tested every single day if that meant they could play um, their season? And I think the answer across the board is is yes. Um, just kind of like Bren said, it's it's inconvenient. Yeah, you no know, one wants to work out with extra material on their face, or no one wants to remember to wake up every morning and fill out your symptoms um, checklist and no one wants to get their temperature taken before they walk into a building. It's inconvenient across the board. But I think as student athletes, we do realize that this is a real thing and we have to do what we have to do in order to play in our competitive seasons. And if that means masking everywhere if that means you know not going and hanging out with more just our roommates or um you know literally just eating in our residence halls or in my case our apartment um not going out to restaurants that type of thing just trying to stay in one area i think student athletes are very susceptible to doing the things that we need to do to compete and I think that is kind of encompassed in a healthy fear of the pandemic. Bren, would you have anything to add to that? Um, or Angel, any, any different feelings? Um, have you had any, um, uh, are you, do you know anyone who has been exposed to the virus and has had to quarantine or isolate? Yeah. So I can speak on that a little bit. <clears throat> so two things. The first thing is that what I've talked about with my teammates at, at CMU and a couple of members on the D2 SAC is that we can do everything that we can. Our institution can do everything they can. We can clean all the facilities, clean all equipment, wear the mask, get tested. But it only takes one student athlete to not follow the pr protocol. One student athlete to go out to a, some extracurricular activity and get the virus to come back. And then that one student can make everything else just go downhill. So it's either we're all in or we're not all, all in. We need to stay in the boat together. And that's the one thing that my teammates are really worried about because 
CMU track and field can take care of everything on their ends. But if, let's say if another team, let's say baseball doesn't take care of their stuff, then that jeopardizes everyone in the spring season, even in the fall season for the following year. So that's one thing that everyone is concerned about at my institution. The second thing is when it comes to all the testing and everything is just, it's difficult because there's a lot of teammates right now that, that I have that aren't really giving it the attention that this pandemic requires and needs. A lot of people are still going out, traveling to Florida, traveling to California, traveling out of state, just because prices are cheap. And it's, un it's unfortunate that we have to have this conversation with people because some of my teammates have been tested positive and they still make the, the conscious decision to go out and travel and not wear masks. And it's just, in this, in, in this scenario and situation, we need to treat, treat it with responsibility because it's not about just taking care of ourselves. Whatever we do, if we have the virus or if we're a carrier, will impact those around us, impact our parents, grandparents, siblings, cousins, uncles, teammates, coaches. It's, a, it's much bigger than just one person. And that's the thing that needs to be communicated to everyone, everyone else in the athletic realm and even in the non-athletic realm. This is a bigger situation than we can even fathom. And just being able to have that responsibility and hold each other accountable. If you're not feeling well, like Brennan mentioned earlier, speak up, isolate yourself for two weeks to ensure that you're healthy and you're safe so you can come back and do the things that you love so you don't jeopardize it for everyone else. Very, very well said. Um, Bren, uh, have, uh, has Kansas State or have any of your institutions um, come up with any kind of, uh, or probably maybe D1 SAC or uh, SAC, uh, uh, like a social responsibility uh, pledge um, or something that would take into account that um, I'm accountable to you, you're accountable to me, to me. If I don't do my part, I'm going to impact you. Um, have you all talked about anything like that um, or implemented that at your institutions? Um, it's definitely not something that we have like written as far as like a pledge or a written document, but it's obviously something that's talked about all the time. Um, I've continued to meet with my SAC and um, throughout the summer and that group and really um, done my best to try to emphasize the importance of all the things that we've talked about and just our responsibility to each other to keep each other safe. Um, for me, I'm on a small team. So if one or two people um, were to test positive, then it's uh, very likely that that close contact list would include a lot of us. And so we're really all in it together um, as far as keeping each other safe. Uh, in addition to that, it is all full athletic department um, type thing where we, if the football team tests positive, a lot of them do, then that's going to, you know, create a chain reaction and have all of us get shut down. So it's not even just about your individual team. It's really like, as Angel said, it's about everyone coming together um, realizing that we all have responsibility and um, being safe and, you know, doing those three things that we've been talking about, you know, social distance, wear your mask, wash your hands. We can do those things um, and do them well. I think that uh, we'll be able to keep each other safe and protected. But yeah, it's something that we're constantly talking about. I talk about it with my team every single Friday after we get, we get done with Lyft. I say, all right, guys, Let's be smart this weekend. Let's make good decisions. Let's wear our masks. 
let's not meet up with people who we don't know where they've been or who they've been around. Um, and so I think it's just that constant communication, both from a SAC perspective, um, just kind of disseminating that information down from, you know, divisional and SAC to the conference SACs to the individual institutional SACs and then from those SACs to the team reps and just letting that information trickle flow um, and with the importance of being responsible to, towards each other. Um, I think that having the opportunity to have a competitive season is something that's really motivating a lot of the fall sport athletes that are on campus right now at K-State. So us, our uh, cross-country team, football, our women's soccer team, we're all very, very excited about the opportunity to have a season. And we all know the kind of discipline and respect for each other that we need to have in order for that to happen. And so I think that kind of just that collective communication um, between those groups has been really good. And I think I've seen um, a big buy-in from all of the student athletes at my institution on how we're gonna do this safely, responsibly, and um, make sure that we have the opportunity to have a season. Okay. Um, Abigail, the, the title of this uh, webinar is Navigating Current Adversities, uh, Student Athlete Perspective. And I'm sure that each of you have had adversities as a student athlete, as it relates to your team, um, losses, injuries, uh, adversity is part of life. Um, would you say that this has been uh, the biggest adversity that you have faced uh, so far? And how have you personally uh, responded to that using those attributes as a student athlete to help you get through this period of time? Yeah, so my coach always says, um, you know, he said from the last minute of the game from last year, from our last game, he said, Abby Newkirk, senior year is going to be a great one for you. He was like, you deserve it. You know, I've been through many injuries, many life events, just things that just kept smacking me in the face. And I was bound and determined and my coach every single day, you know, I'd stop by the office, say, Hey coach, you know, how's everything going? And, you know, we'd talk about upcoming season and stuff like that. And he would always say, this is going to be the best season yet. Um, so yeah, I would say this is probably the biggest adversity um, just because I think a lot of it is unknown. Um, you know, we're trying, you know, we, we listen to science and we're trying to do the right things like um, Bryn and Angel have both said, you know, the masking, the hand washing, the social distancing, all of that stuff. Um, but to be quite frank, a lot of it is we just, it's unknown. Um, and so, you know, we are trying to do the right things, but, you know, it could end up still affecting us. Um, and so I think that is, kind of the biggest challenge for me too is, you know, we, I want to do the right things and I am doing the right things and I'm, you know, preaching that to my teammates. And I think kind of reiterating what I said before, um, I think student athletes are kind of buying into everything we're saying because we do want a competitive season. Um, and so if that means, you know, I kind of 
kind of your student athlete competitive level, like when you're on the field and you say, Hey, mark that man, or, you know, just using soccer terms for me, you know, Hey, mark that man. Um, it's kind of the same thing. Like you see your, your teammate on campus and they're not wearing a mask or you see them, um, out with a group of people in a small space and not wearing a mask and immediately you just tell them like hey why are you there why are you willing to jeopardize you know everything we've been working towards um so I think being a student athlete kind of pulls out kind of that leadership and all of us saying hey make sure you're doing this holding our teammates accountable doing the right things every single time um and so I I think kind of a lot of our student athlete attributes are coming out um, because of this pandemic. Friend, do you or Angel have anything to add to that in terms of uh, facing adversity or how you or your teammates may be handling it? Um, yeah, so actually for me, this may be a close second. I um, experienced a medical redshirt two years ago, and that was an extremely difficult process for me. Um, and I would say probably because of the loss of my competitive season would have would be the factor that made it a little bit more difficult. Um, having to be on the sidelines and watch my teammates play and compete and not being able to be a part of that on the court, but having to see it from the sidelines. So um, with the potential of, you know, there's always a chance of losing a competitive season with all of the unknowns that we have been talking about. So I think if we get to that point um, with this pandemic, then it will probably take the cake as far as adversity. But um, I would say across the board, it's obviously been a very difficult process to go through, especially just because there's so many unknowns. Um, it's almost updates on a day to day basis sometimes of what's going to happen um, each week. You know, when we have our team meetings, our coaches are telling us as much new information as they can, and then it will usually change um, in the next week. And so, you know, just that process of um, kind of thinking that you know what's going to happen, but not exactly knowing. Um, and having to be flexible and just go with the flow and um, do what you can to mitigate your own risk. I guess the one thing that is a little interesting about this is um, similar to what Abby said, um, we can control what we can control, but there's also a lot of uncontrollable factors that we're not going to be able to um, have any sort of handle over. So we can't necessarily control what our roommates are gonna do. We can't control what people in our classes are gonna be doing. And so there are certain um, risk factors and certain things that um, we're just gonna have to kind of live with and do what we can on our side to mitigate risk, but know that it's never gonna be a hundred percent. And we're always gonna have, you know, there's gonna be some room for error um, that may not come from us. So yeah, it's definitely been a time of adversity and um, I'm hoping that we, can continue to pull through in a positive way. I think that has been the way it's hopefully been trending so far. Okay. Angel, anything you'd add? Yeah, absolutely. So when you look at adversity, whether it you tear your meniscus, MCL, PCL, or you blow your labrum or your rotator cuff, what you can do in response to it as adversity is you can do as much rehab as you can, do everything that trainers are telling you to do, get the surgery that you need. And then when you're healthy, you can come back and do extra rehab sessions, extra training sessions, technique, making sure you're healthy and be able to proceed with your season. Uh, 
in my experience, I've been through two head coaches. I've been through three throwing coaches. So every single year I've had a whole shift of coaches, a whole new culture, whole new team, whole new staff every single year. And the one thing that I found myself doing every time is nothing changes. You, you work your butt off in the weight room. You make sure you, ha you can do your cardio and you make sure that your technique is down and completed. But in this sense with the pandemic, there's not much we can really do right now. There's the only thing we can really do is put on our mask, wash your hands and make sure six feet apart is, is always happening. Other than that, there's not much else we can do. We can't, we can't go to the gym and lift and just hope this goes away. We can't go out to the field and do soccer drills or volleyball drills or throwing drills and hope this goes away. That's it. This definitely takes the cake because we're kind of sitting around like a hen in a chicken in a chicken farm right now, just waiting for something to happen. We're just waiting, hoping that something is figured out, a vaccine's figured out, or we figure out how to to mend these this pandemic. So it's definitely one of the biggest adversity obstacles uh, I've been through, and I'm sure everyone else has been through the same thing. Okay. Well, we definitely want to leave some time for questions um, uh, from uh, those who are uh, listening and watching um, um, on the on the webinar. I guess I would just ask one thing: if um, what can is there anything that uh, an athletic administrator, whether it be your head coach, whether it be your sport oversight, athletic trainer, athletic director? Um, uh, something that they could do that they aren't currently doing um, that could assist with um, how you're feeling. Um, is there anything that you would say, well, hey, Miss Record, if you did this, it would help our student athletes? As of right now, in my, in my experiences, Right now, the athletic directors, head coaches all over the board, they're doing their best to get information from the NCAA, bring it back to the conference, have the conference distributed to the institutions. But other than that, there's not much, in my experience, there's not much communication from AD to student athlete and head coach to student athlete. They're really focused on the pandemic itself. I think it would go a long way if an athletic director holds a Zoom meeting with, let's say, 30 student athletes or 50 student athletes and say, look, I wanna dedicate this hour to you guys. I wanna see how you're doing mentally. How are you feeling for the academics, academic year? And maybe if we do have a season, tell me your top three goals for yourself and your team. Being able to really have that one-on-one -on -one time to see how the student athletes are doing because we're kind of caught in a catch 21 scenario right now. Our, our identity that we've been with for the past, for me, the past, this would be my fifth year. So the past five years, I've been a student athlete. This upcoming year, that, that identity is that question right now. Do I have a season? Am I still gonna be a student athlete? Am I still gonna be a part of the senior track team? That's, that's something that's going through, not my mind, not only in my mind, but with my teammates as well. If we don't have a season, what am I gonna do with my time? So I think having those conversations, if there isn't, being able to find out how can you use your time product, uh, in a productive way? How can you be efficient? How can you still create a sense of stability in your life throughout the academic year? So I think those types of questions and, and discussions would be beneficial for student athletes. Okay. Abby? I also am in agreement with Angel. I think 
there was a tweet like a couple weeks ago, I think, where someone said, you know, administrators are being asked to make decisions that are difficult. And then they're asking um, institutions, administrators to make decisions that are just as difficult. And then we're asking young student athletes to, you know, just deal with it, you know? Um, and so it was like, it gave all of these analogies. And then it said, you know, we just got to give grace right now. And I think that's a big thing too, is we all need to realize that we are going through the same pandemic. And I think that sometimes administrators and um, people in higher authority often forget that, you know, once they make a decision, it does affect some people. And, you know, you have to think like, especially administrators in the collegiate world, um, they were probably at one time student athletes themselves. And so, you know, put yourselves back in our shoes and think about how heart-wrenching it would be to you if, you know, you got this news that you might not have a season or we have to cancel um, your season due to this. Like, just kind of put yourselves in our shoes and and be that support that we need just kind of the same thing that Angel said is just be there for us, whether that be holding those individual Zoom meetings with, you know, one team at a time and talking to each student athlete um, or when you're on campus, you know, say, hey, I'm going to meet with every captain from um, each fall sports team and, and really talk to them and and see what their team needs from me this fall. Um, just just really, really working kind of extra hard. I know there's a lot of other things to worry about right now, but kind of going that extra mile to be that extra support person um, because we, we really look up to a lot of administrators. Okay. Ren? Yeah. Um, I would say that the communication piece is extremely important. Um, I'm very lucky at my institution that RAD has been willing to come on to all of our SAC meetings that we've had over the summer and give us updates with whatever he can um, and be there uh, for question and answer sessions. So that's been a great thing um, just to provide information to those leaders from each sport and then therefore um, provide information to all student athletes. He's also been super great with me, um, meeting with me and um, keeping me updated on what's been going on, just being very accessible um, as far as just if I have questions, concerns, things that I need to know um, or have questions about. He has been great with um, providing that information. But um, beyond that, I would say something that I find to be super important and sometimes does get missed, especially now, um, when we're talking about this pandemic and decisions being made quickly would be including the student athlete voice in the decision making process and including the student athlete voice on committees at the conference level and at the institutional level. Um, I think that's something that's often missing from um, a lot of our decision making is the student athlete voice. And so whether that means you're gonna have your SAC president um, in your meetings with you 
or if you're going to um, include different student athletes from different sports onto the committees that are making these decisions. I think it's super important to hear from your student athletes and to um, know what they're going through and, and get their perspectives in order to make the best possible decisions. So I would just encourage um, all administrators who are um, working to make these difficult decisions at this time to make sure to think about including student athlete voice, um, including the leaders of your athletes, whether that's your SAC president or captains um, of your teams or representatives to your conference, whoever those people may be, making sure that you're really intentional about not only keeping them updated, keeping them informed, telling them of decisions as they happen, but also including them in those decisions in the first place and allowing our voice to be heard in that room. Okay, um, I'm gonna go to uh, some questions here. Um, and uh, this one is somewhat uh, related to what we just talked about. What can administrators do to open up and encourage dialogue with student athletes in regards to mental health uh, during this difficult time? Angel, you wanna start off or? Yeah, absolutely. So just, to going back to hold the the whole Zoom meetings, I know it it might be difficult to incorporate the Zoom meetings twenty four seven because ADs have their own schedule and so do student athletes. So being able to have maybe if it's just one Zoom meeting, be able to have that dialogue open up with the student athlete or student athletes in general. Just be able to have ask qu questions and be able to hold different discussions. I know one thing that we've done in the past at CMU is we've held big mental health group discussions with all student athletes. I know that it, it doesn't have the same impact as it does in person, but if there's some sort of webinar or, or activity that the school could get all student athletes involved on through a Zoom meeting or through a live YouTube meeting like, we are, like we're doing right now, being able to have something interactive and something where they can get resources without having having to worry about coming up and saying, hey, I'm having a couple issues with my mental health right now. Because as student athletes, I know in my experience, it's kind of a, a pride issue when you when you don't want to say, look, I'm having issues because then you appear weak to those around you. I know I've definitely gone through that. And it's something that is a challenging obstacle to, to get over. So I think having those webinars, some sort of activity online to incorporate all those worries or conversations or questions that students may have and it's on it's an ongoing uh discussion too it's not just a one-time thing where you check the box being able to have those discussions with the student athletes and having the student athletes have something of substance to talk about with their teams with the captains facilitating something on zoom okay question there's a question um how do student athletes tolerate uh quarantine periods and uh, that many student athletes are very anxious about um, isolation, lack of opportunities to work out. Um, Bryn, do you wanna to speak to that? Yes, I can. Um, I did go through a 14 day, actually ended up longer than 14 days um, quarantine period before I was first tested when I returned to campus in July. Um, and yeah, just to be completely honest, it's super hard. Um, I am a very social person. I like to be able to go see my friends. Um, that's the way that I recharge and that gives me life is being able to be with other people. And so um, being isolated and only being able to see 
um, my two roommates and then uh, our nutrition staff when I would go pick up my meals, it was really difficult. What helped me through that was, first of all, being in class and having something to kind of distract me, um, but also knowing that I was doing it for a purpose and knowing that um, at the end of the quarantine would be the opportunity to practice and compete with my team again. Um, as far as working out and the lack of opportunity, that was probably the biggest barrier for me um, was that I was lucky enough when I was at home to have kind of a little makeshift garage gym that my parents put together. So I was able to do some sort of workout, you know, with weights and um, stuff like that and run around my neighborhood. But that's not something I had any access to once I came back to campus. And so um we really just had to get creative, um, did a lot of body weight workouts. There's lots of stuff online, um, ran a lot um, just throughout the neighborhoods because that's something you can do, you know, safely and outside. So um, yeah, you do have to, I think, account for the fact that once you go through that 14 day um, quarantine period, you're likely going to be a little bit more deconditioned than if you wouldn't have done that because you're simply not going to get the same level of workout um, by doing a bodyweight workout and by running. It's just not the same and it's never going to be. So I would say keeping in mind that um, you're going to have to kind of transition a little bit more slowly than you maybe normally would when you come back into team workouts and team practices and making sure that the coaches and the strength coaches know that and are aware um, of how to transition them properly. And then as far as isolation, um, one thing that we did was we spent a lot of time on FaceTime with each other. I spent a lot of time on FaceTime with my family. So just trying to connect in ways that um, were safe, but um, still able to kind of at least have some of that human connection. And so even if it's that um, as simple as maybe facilitating some activities for your athletes that can be done um, at a distance in order for them to have some of that social interaction that you miss during a quarantine period. But yeah, it's difficult and it's hard and you kind of have to focus on what the end goal of, of the quarantine is in order to make it through, that's for sure. Abby, would you have anything to add to that? I was just wanting to reiterate kind of what Bryn said. I think technology has really um, advanced and I think it's to our advantage right now um, because when you do have to go through the quarantine process and isolation and especially kind of what we were talking about earlier when we're back on campus and we can't go hang out in large groups of people and stuff like that, technology unfortunately is our friend right now and so making sure that you're still getting that interaction through FaceTime um, like our institution um, we're not allowing campus visitors so you know our parents can't come see us that type of thing they're heavily encouraging not to go home on the weekends that type of stuff um, and so unfortunately FaceTime and you know Zoom meetings and stuff like that is going to be kind of our form of communication um, with other people for a while. And so I just kind of wanted to reiterate on that and, and saying, you know, technology can be your friend right now um, and it's okay for it to be your friend. Well, we've got a couple of minutes before we end and what I'd like you all to do because you have an audience um, of uh, 
I don't know how many people, but uh, actually it says 126, but that may or may not be accurate. Um, if there was one message that you could leave us with, um, and there are probably athletic directors, um, academic support, athletic training, all of those services that um, sports psych that uh, we're concerned and we want to listen, what would be the one message that you would leave um, that we might take um, to improve for our student athletes in dealing with this as they come back to school? Angel, you want to start? Yeah, absolutely. So the one thing, the one thing that I would leave with you guys as a message is that we're all in this together. The one thing that always stuck to me, this is a saying that our CMU lacrosse team had this last season, the season before it, which is stay in the boat. Don't fall out the boat, just stay in the boat, stay in the boat with your teammates, stay in the boat with the coaches, stay in the boat with the athletic directors, stay in the same niche, stay, stay in the same group because we're all on the same common goal towards the same, we want to have a season. That's our, that's our goal. We want to be safe and have a season. But the moment people start falling out of the ship is where things starts going downhill. So being able to hold each other accountable, making sure your teammates or coaches or friends don't fall off the ship, being able to hold them in the boat together so we make sure we get across the sea safely. I like that. Stay in the boat. Stay in the boat. Stay in the boat. Abby? I would have to completely agree with Angel. I think kind of what we said earlier with everyone has to be on the same page. We're all reaching for the same common goal right now and that's to compete and if that means doing all of the little things correctly every single time even though it might be an inconvenience even though it's gonna get annoying please just encourage each other and if we have coaches on here encourage your captains and captains encourage your teammates and teammates keep encouraging each other that this is what we have to do right now. And, and this is going to be our new normal for at least a couple more months, maybe even longer. Um, so just keep encouraging each other, keep holding each other accountable because this is our new norm for now. And this is what is going to allow us to compete in the end. So I would just, last little line, wear your masks. Bren, you have 30 seconds because I see Bob is back on, which means we're quite at our time. So what do you want us to know? Um, I'll try to keep it quick. I would say accessibility and communication are key. Communicate with your student athletes. Include them in the decision-making process. Make sure that your student athlete leaders feel like they have access to you um, and that they can ask questions and that they can be a part of this process because it's obviously all just crazy and new to all of us. And we're all trying to kind of get through it together um, as we've been talking about, but yeah, include your student athletes and make sure that you're communicating with them and that um, they, they feel like they have access to you and they have um, the ability to ask questions if they need. Well, thank you all so much. You all are terrific. Um, a good luck to you. And I'm gonna turn this back over uh, to Bob. Thanks, Ken. Thank you again, everyone. Uh, your, your comments were, were wonderful, very positive, and I know it will uh, leave an impact with uh, all of our uh, administrators 
Angel, Bryn, Abby, thank you again for your time. Good luck, whatever this season brings to each of you. Good luck, uh, Kim. Thank you so much. Great job as quarterback. And uh, as Angel said, let's all stay in the boat. Stay in the all boat. Right? Take care. Be safe, everybody. And wear your mask. Thank you so much. See you all later. Thank you. All right, take care. Goodbye.